Welcome to the Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host, the Catholic Foodie. So glad that you could join me today. Got an exciting show lined up for you, despite the fact that we have incredibly bad weather today. (laughs) We have had uh, some really rough weather the last few weeks in New Orleans and really in, in, in uh, spread out throughout uh, South Louisiana. Uh, uh, we have a, a, a system that has moved through. Uh, matter of fact, up in North Louisiana, we, we consider this up north, you know, Shreveport, they have had, uh, an, oh man, it's just, it's terrible. The flooding, uh, the rain, the flooding that's going on up there, it's, it's, they're calling it the 100-year flood. Hasn't has it been this bad in 100 years? And uh, it's a lot of destruction, a lot of devastation, and uh, that system kind of uh, moved to the east and was over us uh, last night and is, is kind of with us still today. We have a lot of rain coming our way. And uh, the thing about uh, New Orleans, uh, really all of South Louisiana, if you think about it, with all the water that we have down here, uh, a lot of these rivers, you know, the water, the rainwater, it rains up uh, up north. And what happens? It all flows down. It all flows uh, down those rivers and uh, into the Gulf of Mexico. And so we tend to get a lot, uh, even when it doesn't rain here, if it rains just north of us, uh, we can still have a lot of flooding. And that that's what's been happening the last couple of days. So we are anticipating quite a weekend. Matter of fact, one of the big, big events that we have here every year is called the Abbey Youth Fest. That is, um, hey, well, it's been canceled. It has been canceled. It's supposed to be tomorrow. Uh, March 12th, um, or is it March 13th? What is today? I get so confused sometimes. I forget what the date is. Today is the 11th. So I was right. I was right. The 12th, March 12th. It was supposed to be tomorrow. Now that Abbey Youth Fest is uh, an event. It's been, I think, going on for 16 years now. A friend of mine uh, here in uh, New Orleans uh, started that event. Now you have to keep in mind, this is where I graduated, right? I studied there. As my last stint in the seminary was at uh, St. Joseph Seminary College, which is on the grounds of St. Joseph Abbey. It is a Benedictine monastery here in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. And, uh, and I love the place. I love the place. I, I still go to mass there frequently. Uh, my, my, my kids, my wife and kids can go more often than I do for daily mass. Uh, but, but we love to go and spend time at the Abbey. And every year, this, uh, this event, they have uh, national speakers. Uh, Jim Caviezel has spoken in the past. Uh, they have uh, music groups, uh, well-known, you know, nationally known uh, uh, bands that have come and provided music for uh, the event. They have priests who travel from all over. They have teenagers from all over. 4,000 plus people at this event every year. And for the first time, for the first time in 16 years, uh, they've had to cancel it because of the weather. So that's a, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, especially on the heels of an event, another event that I know my teens in particular were very excited about. That event was the uh, uh, the March for Life, which took place uh, in Washington, D.C., just uh, about, uh, I guess, a month and a half ago. And it was snowed out. Uh, you had people from all over the country traveling to Washington, D.C. for the March for Life. And... Um, 
you know, we had, I think, 500 from the Archdiocese of New Orleans uh, caravanning by bus, 10 buses, each carrying 50, if I'm not mistaken, uh, traveling uh, from New Orleans to Washington, D.C. That was, we had that, that storm that came through, that again, a historic storm came through, and uh, the, the, the roads were frozen. Uh, they had so many different problems. And, uh, it, you know, there's some folks stayed. You know, there were definitely people there for the March for Life. You could you could check it out. They got pictures uh, of people who were actually there. <laughs> but our group, uh, they made the decision, you know, once they arrived, they were only there for a number of hours before they boarded the buses again and came straight back home. Uh, the kids were very disappointed, uh, but it was an opportunity for them to accept things that are unpleasant, things that are not um really what we want. It was an opportunity for him to accept that and to, and to offer that up as, as a sacrifice, uh, praying for life, praying for those who are on the front lines, uh, trying to uh, change policy here in the, the United States and also change hearts, to change hearts. And so that they, they were able to offer that up. And it was disappointing. I know I went and picked my kids up at three o'clock in the morning when they finally got back to uh, New Orleans and I brought them back home. And, you know, they were they were saying how disappointed they were that they, they couldn't do that. But the reason it was canceled and the reason why they came back home is because the weather was it was not just a day. Right. It was several days of really intense snow and, 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 you know, freezing temperatures. And the result of that would be, had they stayed, they would have been stuck. They, w- they couldn't have gotten out of D.C. and gotten back home when they were supposed to. And then, of course, you've got to take into consideration the extra cost of staying over in hotels for extended days and, and things of that nature. With 500 uh, people, m- mainly uh, uh, teenagers, on that trip, it was just not uh, feasible for them to, to do that. So that's kind of what's going on in my neck of the woods today. What's happening with you? <laughs> I do have a good show for you today. You know, I, I have been, we've been running some reruns uh, lately. I wanted to take an opportunity to kind of catch you up on what's been going on with the Catholic Foodie. If you go over to catholicfoodie.com, you can look back and see that they, I really haven't had a whole lot of activity going on on the website uh, in the last uh, month. You know, since we we are in uh, Lent, we're in the fourth week of Lent, and I really haven't had anything uh, go on the website since uh, since Mardi Gras. And why is that? Why is that? I wanted to kind of catch you up on what is happening here at the uh, the, the headquarters of uh, the Catholic Foodie, CatholicFoodie.com. What's happening in my kitchen, right? Well, you know, it's Lent. It's Lent. And uh, I do a lot as far as uh, creating content, the radio shows, the the, the blogging, uh, you know, the work that I do for clients. I uh, just got a lot that, that's going on typically. And, uh, you know, Lent came around. Mardi Gras season was really kind of hectic. A lot of, lot of changes going on with my, you know, with, well, we have a new baby, first of all, right? We have a new baby uh, who is nine months old, nine months old as of yesterday, uh, but also just in my work and what I do, uh, a lot of changes going on. And so I, I just needed, I think, a little, a little break. And I have been trying very hard to spend extra time this Lent in prayer, just quiet, time with God. Not, not, nothing, uh, nothing special. I mean, it is special. It's time with God, but nothing, um, you know, extraordinary, I guess you'd say just, just quiet, just trying to be 
quiet. And in a world today that's just so hectic with, you know, smartphones that never leave our sides and constant distraction, I am really, really loving just spending quiet time with God. It is such a, a, a blessing to do that on a daily basis. I'm also trying to spend a little bit more time with my family. This is a constant challenge. It is. It's a constant challenge. I, I've been reflecting recently on just how how things change over time, right? Uh, yeah, I, I started doing the Catholic Foodie back in uh, 2008, October 2008. So it's been eight years or almost eight years now that I've been doing uh, this Catholic Foodie thing, the, the podcast, the radio, and the blog. And um, things have changed. You know, things have changed. Part, part of Part of the the genius, I guess, behind the Catholic Foodie was that I was simply sharing what I knew and, and sharing what I did. You know, uh, a lot of the cooking, a lot of the recipes were things that I was sharing. It was easy for me to share. It was doable for me because I'm cooking this at home, right? So I'm just I'm writing down the recipes. I'm taking the pictures. I'm sharing it online. Uh, any of the thoughts, any of the, the the reflections on family meals and and how we do it and what we do. Uh, all of that was easy to do because it was what we were doing. <laughs> I wasn't making stuff up, you know. I was just this is what I did, and I'm just trying to share and to encourage folks to get around the table, to get back in the kitchen, to cook at home, to get around the table, to spend that time around the table with family and and with friends. But you know what? My kids at the time were what uh, seven, eight, nine, uh, six, seven, eight, six, seven, and eight, I believe, and now they're uh, fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen. And if you have teenagers, you know <laughs> things change, right? Life gets a little more hectic. Schedules get to be more hectic. I don't care if you're homeschooling or if you have kids who are in a Catholic school or public school. It doesn't matter. Uh, teenagers equal a hectic schedule, right? Crazy schedule. Always involved in activities, want to do things with their friends. All this is good stuff. It just makes it very, very difficult to do what I set out eight years ago to encourage people to do, right? Which is to to get back in the kitchen, to gather around the table. And uh, it's challenging. It is very, I love the fact that my girls love to cook. Christopher loves to cook too, but he's just not as gung-ho about it, I, th- I think, as, as the girls are. I love the fact that they love to cook and that they're good at it. I think that's fantastic. But it is getting increasingly difficult to get them around the table and to keep them there and to have, to have, well, peaceful conversations <laughs> around the table, you know, because a lot of times things just devolve into arguments, you know, and, 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 and backbiting and, and all these things that we certainly don't want to see happen, but they happen. So I'm in a whole new era here. And, and, and being with my family around the table and trying to spend that time together, it's a challenge. It's something I'm really trying to work on this Lent is, is to spend that time, that quiet time with God, but also that, that kind of quality time with my family. And uh, with, the, with the busy schedules, it's 
just not always that easy to do. So, uh, but those have been uh, on my list. You know, we are going to have to take a break here in just a minute, but when we come back from the break, I want to tell you, I have had a couple of trips uh, recently. Actually, I was on the radio, uh, Jennifer Fulweiler's show uh, a couple weeks back, and then I took a trip out to California. I want to tell you about that and uh, and tell you some of the joys that I have experienced uh, this past um, few weeks as well. So we do have to take a break. You're listening to The Catholic Foodie Show here on Breadbox. Media. I'm Jeff Young, your host of Catholic Foodie. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host, the Catholic Foodie. So glad that you are joining me today. Uh, so good to be here and to, to share this time with you. Uh, you know, as I was mentioning before the break that uh, just trying to, to in, enter into Lent, to enter into this time of quiet reflection with God, of spending time daily in prayer. And uh, that's one of the reasons why I haven't really produced a whole lot of content over at CatholicFoodie.com. And you haven't heard anything new from me in the last few weeks. Uh, but I've also had a lot of other things going on. I wanted to share some of that with you today because a lot of it is just really joy-filled stuff. And I, I want to share that with you. You know, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago um, I was on the Jennifer Fulweiler show, and that's on uh, Sirius XM. And uh, I've, I've always admired uh, Jen Fulweiler. I mean, she, I've, I've read her books. I love uh, what she produces on her blog. And uh, then uh, I guess it was about a year ago. I could be off on the time there. About a year ago, she was invited by uh, Sirius XM, the Catholic channel on Sirius XM, to have a radio show there with them, a daily show. And uh, she was actually, I didn't actually talk to her when I was on the show. It was Hallie Lord uh, was, was guest hosting uh, for a week, for a whole week. She guest hosted while uh, Jen was traveling. But just, a, I, I love, I love that show. I really enjoy listening to it. And, uh, and I, I love the, the opportunity that I had to, to join them. We talked about, uh, Hallie and I talked about the Catholic Foodie. We talked about the book, uh, Around the Table with the Catholic Foodie, the, the book that I have that's out. You can learn more about it at catholicfoodie.com or over on Amazon or Liguori. Liguori's the publisher, Liguori.org, uh, or any place where good Catholic books are sold. You can find that. Um, we also talked about uh, kind of how the Catholic Foodie came about, uh, about Lent, uh, some recipe ideas, thoughts for, for uh, Lenten, uh, Lenten menus. Uh, it was just a really good conversation. So I, I had a lot of fun uh, uh, doing that. We talked about the trip to the Holy Land back in 2014, the Food Meets Faith pilgrimage to the Holy Land and what that was like. And uh, just such a joy to, to be with, uh, to be on the show and to, to talk with Hallie. And I had to giggle. I just I got so tickled after the fact. You know, sometimes if if I don't write things down, then you know I can forget, and that happens. That's one of the reasons that I do have a website <laughs> is so that I won't forget so much stuff. Right? I, I write it down for you, but I write it down for myself too because I, I I can't tell you how many times I go into the kitchen and I, there's something I'm, I want to cook. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, how do I do this again? You know, it's been a few months. How do I do this again? And what do I do? I go to catholicfoodie.com because <laughs> I know it's there. And all I got to do is, is refresh my memory on how that works. So really neat uh, to, to be able to do that, to, to share 
recipes, to share ideas, to share thoughts with you, stories with you uh, on the website, but it's also there for for me too, because I I forget. And this is a a classic example of this. You know, I'm on this show with Hallie and she's asking us about, asking me about Lent. And and I, I started to tell her one of the things that we started doing a few years back, and we try to do this a few times during Lent each year, which is like a lights out thing, right? Where we uh, we we prepare a meal. We try to do it as early as we can in the evening before it gets dark. Because what we do is is you know as that as the as the sun sets and the darkness sets in, we do not turn on any lights. Uh, we can light candles, but there's no electronic devices. There are no flashlights. It's just candlelight. Period. And we'll have, you know, we'll finish. Sometimes we've been stuck. Sometimes we've been in the kitchen with candles. Some trying to try to pull as many candles together so we could check the food to make sure it's cooked kind of a thing, right? We don't want to cheat and use a flashlight. We don't want to cheat and turn the lights on. We we, we try to do this, you know, um, as, as best we can. And it's fun. It really is fun to do this. But we'll finish the cooking. We get to the table. We have a meal by candlelight. And of course, there's no gadgets. There's no electronics. And so we just talk and, and it's a, it's a relaxing evening. We try to do it on a, uh, a Sunday. Sometimes we've done it during the week. That's always kind of awkward and challenging, but we'll do it on a Sunday. And it's just not, um, we haven't done it yet this, this Lent, but it's a challenge to do this. And then once that's over, maybe we'll play cards or a board game or just talk more, whatever it may be. But usually it ends up being a very early night that we can't do anything with electronics, we can't turn the lights on. What else is there to do? All of a sudden that natural rhythm of your body kind of sets in and you're like, I'm tired, you know? And so we all end up going to bed early. It really is a wonderful thing to do, a wonderful experience. Um, so I'm telling Hallie about this and how we do this. And it was only after the fact, like a couple of days later, because we, we did get the, 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 the podcast version of that interview. My wife was able to hear it a couple of days later and she started laughing and she says, she says, Jeff, do, do you know, I got that idea about the lights out thing. I got that idea from Jen Fulweiler. <laughs> I was like, what? Really? Really? And sure enough, not only that, but like a day or two later, you know, on Facebook, you know how they have that 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 thing where it kind of looks back over the years, it kind of memories, you have memories from years ago on that day. Sure enough, it was like two or three years ago, these ideas from Jen Fulwiler, and we're talking about it on Facebook and it all starts popping up in our memories. <laughs> so here I am on Jen's show educating them on something that is really Jen's idea. I just got the biggest kick out of that. I thought that was a lot of fun. So uh, if you are, if you have, you know, iTunes, you can go to iTunes, I think. And, and I, I believe that that one is available on iTunes. Uh, they, they do podcast some of those episodes or some of those shows of the Jennifer Fullwiler show. You can find it there. Or if you are a subscriber to Sirius XM, I, you probably can go back and listen to, to that show from, uh, I think it's about a week ago, two weeks ago. Uh, I don't recall the, the date, but, uh, it was right before, it was the week before I flew out to Orange County. And I do want to share this with you. What a joy. What an exciting uh, uh, trip that was for me. I uh, This was the same weekend as the Religious Education Congress in uh, Anaheim. California, the big uh, Congress. It's an annual thing out there. It's been, I think this was the 60th year 
They had 34,000 people there. I mean, it's a huge, it's huge. People from all over the country show up at this Congress every year and a pretty big deal, you know, and I, it was, it was a joy for me to be there. Now I flew out. My whole point of going is that I had a, uh, uh, a speaking engagement, uh, on that Friday, right on that Friday. So I flew out on Thursday and, uh, the, the, I was privileged. I was blessed to, to speak to the faculty and staff of modern day high school, uh, in Orange County, right there in Santa Ana in Costa Mesa. And, uh, that was, it was just such a pleasure, such a pleasure. You know, I'm a former teacher. Uh, I spent about 17 years, uh, teaching high school, doing youth ministry, working with kids, working with teens. I think about 17 years total I spent doing that. I think nine of those years was in the classroom, were in the classroom. Uh, so I, I just, I love, uh, teachers. I love, uh, education and, and schools. And so it was just a joy for me to be out there with them, uh, to spend the day with them. And, and I, I spoke twice, uh, once in the morning, kind of given an overview of like, like f- the, the role that food plays in our lives today or can play in our lives today based on the role that food plays in scripture. And the, 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 the importance of meals and what meals mean, trying to get a kind of a bigger, almost sacramental view of what meals are all about from scripture, right? From Genesis to Revelation. This is kind of the whole heart of what the Catholic foodie is all about. Uh, from the very beginning, what I saw is something like a, a theology of the body for foodies is what it was all about. And, and so just to, as a means of something that, as I told them, something that we know innately, we, we know this in our bones. We know how important food is. We know how important shared meals are. But a lot of times in our busy world today, we, we, it, it kind of goes over our heads. We, we, we miss it, right? We know this in our bones, but we don't necessarily articulate it. So my job for the day was to basically uh, hold a big old spotlight on food and scripture and meals in scripture and to talk about uh, what that means for us today. Then in the afternoon, uh, we spoke about um, hospitality and how God uh, it, it really shows hospitality to us in coming to us, specifically in Jesus, right? And, and Jesus becoming God, becoming man in Jesus, the incarnation, and how that, that, that hospitality of, of God and how he invites us to be hospitable too. And, and that hospitality oftentimes happens around the table, right? You know, we see uh, these covenant meals in the Old Testament. We see Jesus breaking bread with sinners uh, throughout his public ministry and uh, the feeding of the 5,000, the feeding of the 4,000, uh, and then the institution of the Eucharist, which is around the table, and the connection of the Eucharist to, to his sacrifice on the cross. And how today, you know, we do gather around the table and he feeds us with his very self around the table of the Eucharist. You know, we, we at Mass, we, God, God is still with us today. God uh, feeds us today. God is hospitable to us today and how he calls us. He calls us to share that hospitality, to be agents of hospitality to all those that we meet, starting in our families, as Mother Teresa used to frequently remind us, right? Where does love begin? It begins at home. Uh, it's easy sometimes for us to go and lo- love uh, the people out in, in China or India or Africa or way out there, but it's very, very difficult for us to love the people in our own home. Yet that's where God calls us. 
And you know, he calls us to start there, to, to love those right there in our own families. And oftentimes, you know, you think about it, oftentimes the poorest of the poor can be those who are right there in our own families. You probably hear the rain, the pitter-patter in the background. I am coming to you from my mobile studio today, which is in my car. <laughs> so as I mentioned, we do have a little weather thing going on here in South Louisiana, and uh, I'm right here in the thick of it getting rained on, uh, but that's okay. Uh, we are going to be taking a break here in just, a, in just a, a, a few seconds, but I wanted to say, you know, if you have a group if you have a group, maybe it's your parish, maybe it's a, a school, maybe it's a ministry that you have that you're involved in who uh, would, would who needs a speaker, you have an event coming up, you need someone to speak at, uh, contact me. I'd love to come and to speak to your group and talk about uh, food and faith, how they, how they play together, how God uses food to bring us together uh, with each other, but also bring us to himself. I'd love to share that with you. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a minute. This is the Catholic Foodie Show on Breadbox Media. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show. I am Jeff Young, your host, the Catholic Foodie. So glad that you are joining me here today on the Catholic Foodie Show. Uh, very exciting, very exciting. I'm so happy to to share this time with you and uh, to share a little bit about what's been going on uh, the last uh, several weeks here, the last few weeks uh, with you. I mentioned before the, the break how I flew out to California and spent that, that day with uh, the faculty and staff at Modern Day High School in, uh, in Costa Mesa or Santa Ana, California, out in Orange County. And what a joy that was to be with them. What, what an incredible incredible school uh, uh, the work that they do there with the, with the kids and uh, and and just that sense of, of real unity of real family uh, uh, that, that that permeates uh, permeates that that school the faculty and staff there fantastic Sharice was a fantastic host thank you or hostess I guess I should say Sharice uh, thank you so much for the invitation thank you so much for taking care of me while I was there uh, that was it was just such a such a joy for me. And uh, they they did a great job. They uh, Seduxo uh, is the, the the catering company that takes care of the food there, and uh, um, John did a fantastic job putting food together for for the group that day, and did a few special things, including a blackened fish. Uh, it was a Friday in Lent, and he did a blackened fish, which is something that is reminiscent here in New Orleans. It, it started, that, that whole dish, blackened redfish, started right here by Chef Paul Prudhomme in New Orleans. And uh, Chef Brightson, Chef uh, Frank Brightson, uh, I had him on the show just, uh, golly, it was a couple of months ago, I believe, when shortly after uh, Chef Paul Prudhomme passed away, I interviewed uh, 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 Frank Brightson, who was a good friend of Paul Prudhomme, and uh, went out to Brightson's restaurant, sat down with him, and interviewed him. And uh, he told us a story, you know, the story of how blackened redfish, which was just an absolute uh, phenomenon, it really was. We had we had lines outside the restaurant, span going down the block for people to come in to try this this dish. Uh, incredible, you know, and it, and it went national. I mean, all over, uh, all over the country, uh, blackened redfish became uh, uh, a, a phenomenon. Met, so, so much so that uh, eventually they had to stop, uh, they had to put a limit on the number of redfish that could be caught. So it, it affected the fishing um, industry. You know, they could, and for a while, I remember you couldn't even serve Redfish, so uh, an incredible thing. Anyway, John did a, a, a blackened fish that day, and 
did a superb, superb uh, job. Also made some hummus, you know, knew that I was coming and made some hummus <laughs> for, uh, for that day. It was um, very good. He did a great job. Once, uh, once I was done at the school uh, that day, Sharice was, was so kind to, to bring me over to, uh, to Anaheim uh, for that Congress, the, uh, the Religious Education Congress. And, you know, one of the reasons that I, I wanted to spend that time since I was already in California, I wanted to stay that weekend and spend the time uh, at the Congress uh, in Anaheim was simply because there are some people that I engage with online that I've never met, met in person. There are other folks that I met originally online, but only get to see in person at events like this, right? So that that was what I really wanted to get out of that that weekend was the opportunity to see uh, and meet some people in real life that I've never met before, but also get to see and be you know reunited with friends in real life that I only get to see at e- events like this. Like my friend Lisa Hindi, as an example, who is a writer, an author, a blogger. Uh, she's no stranger to radio and podcasting. Lisa Hindi, CatholicMom.com is her website. I was privileged to get to see uh, to get to see Lisa again, and we got to uh, kind of catch up a little bit. That was a, a joy. She was there on behalf of Ave Maria uh, Press, along with Bob Bob Hama and uh, Jared Dees. I got to meet the two of them for the first time in person. And uh, what what a joy. That was uh, just a, a joy uh, for me. Uh, over at, at my own publisher at Liguri Publications, I, I was privileged to get to meet Mary for the first time. I Think about this. I, in, in working and putting that book together, it was six months of intense work of writing, of recipe testing, of photography, uh, you know, all of that. And, and some of those recipes I had to test two, three, four times, right? Just to make sure I had it right. Cause I'm a, I'm a stickler about things like that. If I'm a do a recipe, I wanted, I wanted to be that you could pick it up. Even if you aren't that confident in the kitchen and I'm giving you every little piece of information I can, it's going to make it easy for you to make that recipe. And, and I walk you through it in a way that is not speaking down to you. I'm just trying to explain as I go through in a very helpful way how things work. And so it's not just a list of ingredients, but I'm explaining to you why, why you use certain things and not others. So I've been told that, that that's the teacher in me, and that it's, it's very helpful and, and has been very, it's very appreciated. Uh, most, most folks appreciate the way that I approach that. So I did all this work. And then, you know, once that once it's in, I had to do the edits and I had to do, you know, going back and forth with with the folks at Liguori, you know, uh, uh, maybe doing some um, swapping out of photos at the last minute, things like that. And I had never met any of these people in person. It was all done via phone and email uh, back and forth. And so what a joy it is to finally meet some of them in person. And one of the, uh, the women who I've communicated with a lot via phone and email, Mary, uh, was in charge of the marketing and the, the, um, what do you call it? Uh, a publicist, right? A publicist. So, uh, public relations, marketing, uh, I had never met her in person until a couple of weeks ago in Anaheim. I got to meet her. So that was fantastic. And I got to see uh, Chuck again. Hadn't seen him since I was in, uh, I think, was it New Jersey? That was the last time uh, last year that I saw, uh, I got to see Chuck. So great to see those folks. Mary, uh, Rosemary Lane, Rosemary 
Lane from Loyola Press. We've we've done uh, uh, podcast shows together. Uh, I've, I've interviewed her a couple of times. They they featured me on their website, uh, Loyola Press. Uh, I guess a few years back, uh, they did a, a thing about prayer and and art, right? And and culinary arts is is part of the arts and so they did a whole segment on the culinary arts and included something on the catholic food that was a a a joy as well father dave dwyer i got to meet uh i think it was the first time i got to meet him in person first time in person right the busted halo also on sirius x in the catholic channel um i got to meet him i got to meet the the the, the beautiful couple behind CatholicSingles.com. That that was a joy. We had a fantastic conversation. And, you know, the good thing is, is that uh, these are folks who on a regular basis I'm engaging with on Twitter, on, on uh, Facebook, on Instagram. And, you know, it's a brand, right? CatholicSingles.com. And the Catholic foodie can be looked at the same way. It's a brand. But I got to actually meet the folks behind it. A beautiful married couple who were behind the, the, the ministry of the work of CatholicSingles.com. That was a joy, too. And then while I'm talking with them, uh, this woman walks up. And I, I didn't know. I didn't recognize her. I didn't know who she was. But she had a, a, a very distinct uh, voice. You know, I mean, her voice was not that I recognized her voice, but I could tell that she was somebody you know, by the way she spoke and the way she held herself. And I'm thinking, wow, what, who, who is this? You know, who is this? And so in the course of that conversation, uh, someone says, well, have you ever met Jeff Young? And she kind of motions over to me. And, 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 and this woman whose name is Peggy Normandon, Peggy Normandon looks at me and goes, oh, Jeff Young, the Catholic foodie? <laughs> <laughs> and I just started laughing, you know, just like I did just now, just started laughing. I'm like, yeah, 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 that's me. And she said, well, that is so funny. She goes, I'm about, I do a radio show on EWTN called Call Me Catholic. And I, I am doing the show today on food and faith and on Catholic food websites. And do you know that you are on my top five list? I'm like, really? She says, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going over right now. We start the show in 15 minutes. I'm going over right now to get set up and, and, and I'm going to be talking about your website. I'm like, oh, well, that, that is so, that's awesome. You know, and I was so honored. I said, I'm going to come over there and try to, try to catch, you know, uh, catch a, a listen if I can for a few minutes. So that was just so nice. And I, I do have a, a sound clip that I'm going to try to play. Hopefully in the next segment, I'll be able to, to play that for you just for a minute or two where she just says some nice things about the Catholic Foodie Show. It's uh, really nice. It's a pleasure to meet her. Uh, at some point, she said she would love to have me on the show. I'd love to do it. I'd love to chat with her. It'd be a lot of fun. And her guest on Saturday was Father Leo Padalinghug, right? This was a Saturday. This is going back a couple of weeks. Father Leo Padalinghug of Grace Before Meals. Now, Father Leo, uh, his name, when people talk to me about food and faith, his name gets brought up a lot. You know, he has Grace Before Meals. You can find that at gracebeforemeals.com. Father Leo is a very good friend of Monsignor Christopher Nalty, who is a priest of the Archdiocese of New Orleans. He's the, one of the co-hosts of the Around the Table food show that I do in New Orleans and Baton Rouge. And we have had Father Leo on that show, I don't know, two or three times, I think. Uh, uh, Father Leo knows, you know, we know about each other. We've communicated via uh, social media and email and, and things like that, but we never met in person. And guess what? Guess what? I, uh, shortly after Peggy went over to do her, her, uh, her, her radio show, uh, I walked over and lo and behold, 
Father Leo is standing right there. So I had the, the, the awesome, awesome blessing of meeting Father Leo in person for the first time. Got a little picture with him. You know, it's over on uh, uh, Facebook and Twitter and all that. Instagram, you can find it over there. That was just such a such a joy. Just a neat conversation. We only got to chat for maybe 10, 15, 10 minutes, maybe five, 10 minutes. And uh, then he had to go get on the radio show uh, with Peggy. But what a joy. If you haven't, uh, if you don't know anything about Father Leo, Go check it out, gracebeforemeals.com. He's got a TV show on EWTN as well called Savoring the Faith. I uh, highly recommend, I highly recommend the work that he does. Does a great job. And uh, he's he's got a few books under his belt. You know, he's got a TV show. And all of it is geared towards encouraging families to do the same thing I'm trying to get them to do, which is to gather around the table, to get back around the table and to really um, experience those relationships, you know, the way that God God made us to experience them, and food helps us to do that. So we are up against a break again here at the Catholic Foodie Show. I am Jeff Young, your host of Catholic Foodie. we got to take a quick break. Don't go away. You're listening to the Catholic Foodie Show on Breadbox Media. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host of the Catholic Foodie here on breadboxmedia.com. So excited that you're here with me today, trying to catch you up, trying to catch myself up (laughs) on what's been going on here with the Catholic Foodie. Talking about the trip out to California uh, a couple of weeks ago to Orange County, uh, the Religious Education Congress in Anaheim, uh, how much fun that was to actually get to meet people in person, to see people that I only get to see at events like that. Uh, it was just so much fun. I do want to tell you about a couple of more uh, people that I got to meet. It was just so, uh, so incredible. So incredible. Brandon Vaught. Brandon Vaught is one of them, right? He, he works with uh, Bishop uh, Barron uh, on the uh, Word on Fire. Uh, he, he does a, he's got a lot of projects that he does himself as well. BrandonVaught.com. Um, it, it was just a joy, a joy to, to visit with him. We've, we've talked on the phone in the past, you know, we've had some communication in the past. Uh, first time I was able to, to meet him in person and, and, uh, found out that he and his wife are expecting, they, they have another baby on the way. And I found out that it's, a, I'm not telling you anything that I don't think is already public, but I uh, found out that it's a girl and that, uh, they are naming that baby Zelly, just like somebody else I know. <laughs> Uh, my Zelly just turned nine months old yesterday. So very excited about that. Congratulations to the Vots uh, on, on that great blessing from God. Uh, also, uh, something really strange, you know, kind of weird, uh, that I have a friend of mine that I went to school with. I was in a seminary with this this gentleman. Uh, Roy Pettifis is his name. He's a, a counselor, a licensed uh, counselor, uh, therapist, um, also specializes in teenagers. You know, he's written some books and he does a lot of speaking around the country on working with, dealing with, working with teens. And uh, uh, Roy and I graduated, to, we didn't graduate together. I think I was a year ahead of him. Uh, but from St. Joseph Seminary College, right? Abbey Youth Fest, I talked to you about that before at the very first segment today. And uh, Roy and I, we have communicated many, many times over the years, uh, but I have not seen Roy in person in 20 something years, I think. It's been 20, yeah, I think it's been about 20 years or so. I have not seen Roy. And the thing is, is that Roy's in Lafayette, Louisiana, right? He's kind of in my backyard, well, about two hours away, two, three hours away from here, but, but he's not far away. But even at 
events at the Abbey where you have uh, homecoming, things like that. I, I, I have not seen him in all these years because I don't go every year. Uh, and apparently he doesn't go every year. So we haven't seen each other. But guess what? Roy was speaking at the Congress in L.A., and, uh, and so we got to meet up on Friday evening and just kind of catch up for an hour or so. That was one of the highlights for me of the of the whole trip is, is being able to just shit. We were both wiped out, exhausted. <laughs> I mean, if you would have seen us, we probably looked drunk. We we're so tired. You know, uh, we were just sitting in the lobby at the, at the hotel. Uh, Roy spoke that day in front of a bunch of people. I, I, I did my two talks uh, at modern day uh, on Friday. And, you know, just after the trip. Uh, for some reason, I just couldn't sleep well. Like I was up at three o'clock in the morning. And anyway, long and the short of it is we didn't get together till about six o'clock that evening on Friday. And um, we were exhausted, but it was so good to see Roy. So good to see Roy. So we we uh, we got to catch up, spent about an hour, hour and a half talking and uh, and then went went our separate ways. He had another event to attend uh, that evening. Uh, but man, that was a treat. And And here's another treat. I got to share this one with you too. I just have to. One of the highlights for me, I had been wanting, I had been hoping to, to, to meet this woman. I knew that she was going to be at the Congress and I just wanted to, to meet her. I've seen her in the past and I tell you this, I've actually met her before and this is going back. Oh goodness. Um, this is going back a couple of years, two, three years. And I'm trying to remember what conference I was at where it was the, it was the Catholic Press Association event. That's what it was. It was the Catholic Press Association event. And I think it was in Charlotte, North Carolina. And that's going back, I guess, two years. And I did get to meet her briefly. Uh, it was in a throng. You know, missed a throng of other people. I got to meet her. Uh, but I heard her speak that day. And that was really the, I had heard her name before, but I heard her speak in Charlotte. And, and, and there was just something that was just powerful about her, her talk. And, and, and it wasn't just one thing she said. It was just that she spoke truth. It, it was raw. It was raw. It was powerful. It was truthful. And it was, it was um, humble, right? Just a lot of humility, a lot of truth in that respect of humility coming from this woman. And it, and it really impacted me, and I, which is why I wanted to meet her in Charlotte. And I got to say hi, and I, I shook her hand, but I didn't really get a chance to talk with her. And I'm talking, if you're, are you on the edge of your seat now? <laughs> are you saying, who is he talking about? Who is it? Well, it, it, her name is Heather King. And you, you may have heard of her. She's written a number of books. Uh, Heather King is she? She lives out in L.A. She's uh, one of the suburbs, one of the one of the areas out there around L.A. I think Koreatown is where she lives. But um, Heather King, uh, she she does a lot. I mean, a lot of folks know the name because of the Magnificat, you know, the little prayer booklet that's got morning, evening prayer, mass readings, that that kind of thing. That you is a, a subscription that you can subscribe to. Uh, the Magnificat uh, Missalette type book uh, also has daily reflections and uh, Heather is a regular contributor. She, she writes for them and, and um, uh, has been doing so for a, a couple of years now, I believe. And um, she's also written a number of books and I, I have heard her, I've heard her speak on writing. I've heard recordings of her speak on really the, the life and the work of a writer, of a Catholic writer, of, you know, as a ministry, what, what that is like. And uh, she's got a powerful 
powerful story. I think she was an alcoholic for 20 something, an active, active alcoholic for 20 something years. She, she writes about that in one of her books. I believe the title of that is Parched. Uh, she is the one who wrote um, one of her recent books. I think the last couple of years was called uh, Shirt, Shirt of Flame, right? My year with St. Therese of Lisieux. And I just finished reading that book uh, right before I, I went to the Congress. Uh, I love St. Therese, always have. My, my family, we have a, a strong devotion to St. Therese. And of course, you know, we named our nine-month-old daughter after St. Therese's mama, Zelie, right? Louis and Zelie, or Zelie in French. Uh, Martin are the first married couple to be canonized in history, canonized together in history. Um, and so that whole family, the, the Martin family has, is, uh, is, uh, they really, um, there's something about them. right. And they, they, they play an important role in our, in our family here. So I read that book. She's also written another one. I think the most recent one is called stumble, which I have, I'm about halfway through. So I, I love this woman. I love the work that she uh, does I, I love her writing? I love the fact that she is so raw and so humble and truthful in what she writes about the good and the bad and the ugly about the spiritual life and about prayer and, and, and the call to love. It reminds me a lot of Mother Teresa. You know, Mother Teresa of Calcutta is someone who, on the one hand, is easy to idolize. You could put her on a pedestal and say, "Oh, she gave it all, man. She she gave it all. She served." Jesus and the poorest of the poor. She wasn't afraid to speak her mind in front of the president of the United States and world leaders. She wasn't afraid of getting her hands dirty. You know, we could do all that, but to know the real, like what her real experience was, the darkness that she went through, you know, the, 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 the challenges that she went through to, to make that decision to love on a daily basis it, it, it opens it up in a whole new way. And it's the same thing here. Heather's kind of given us a sneak peek into her journey, really, her journey, her memoirs uh, covering different aspects of her life. And uh, some of it, like Parched, is prior to her conversion experience, prior to her, you know, walking with the Lord. Uh, and then more recently, The Shirt of Flame and, and Stumble. She has a book, I believe, called Redeemed. I haven't gotten into that one yet, but... I really just wanted to meet her and to, to, cause I, her story resonates with me. It resonates with me. So I had a chance. I ran into her. I wanted to, to, to go to one of her talks. I didn't make it in time cause I got into conversation and got sidetracked, but I ended up bumping into her in the hallway and we sat there and talked for 10 minutes and, uh, it was just such a joy. I know she's working on a book. Her next book is going to be about food and faith. Can you believe it? Oh my goodness. So exciting. So uh, the two of us exchanged information and we do plan on talking sometime soon uh, about her next book and what, what's going to be going on with that. And I hope to have her here on the show so that you can hear, too, uh, this uh, story of what she will be working on when it comes to food and faith. So that's Heather King. Very excited about that. So as we uh, as we close out the show today, perhaps um, we can just 
look forward, see what's going to be coming down the pike. Uh, I do have an interview coming up with Dr. Paul Thigpen, and uh, that will be coming up uh, next week. Uh, Dr. Thigpen has written a number of books, a number of books, and uh, one of them is on spiritual warfare. Uh, and some of it's kind of like unnerving, right? Maybe a little scary. Like, what, what is this all about? Why, why do we need to talk about the devil? <laughs> you know, uh, one of them is about um, yeah, spiritual warfare. It's a, it's a manual of spiritual warfare, full of prayers, wisdom from the saints, things like that. And I'll tell you why it's important. It's important because uh, the Christian life isn't all a bed of roses, right? It, 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 there's a lot of struggle that goes on. There's a lot of hardship. And if we take the Bible seriously, then we know that part of the problem is our own humanity, our own fallen humanity, our own propensity to sin, that sin itself is, is a stumbling block for us. But in addition to that, that there are evil spirits in the world and their whole job is to sidetrack us, is to uh, to get us off the road to God and to uh, to distract us in that way. And so we're going to talk to Dr. Paul Thickman. He's got a, a, one of his books out right now uh, is about uh, saints who fought the enemy, saints who battled Satan. And so he wants to uh, talk with us, especially during this time of Lent. We're, we're talking about this whole desert experience that we go through every year during Lent. And so he was going to talk to us about uh, that book and some of the wisdom of the saints on how to handle rough spots in our Christian walk. So can't wait to share that with you. Thank you so much for joining me here on The Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host, The Catholic Foodie. And until next time, bon appetit. <laughs>